Hello and welcome to the Pulsation podcast coming from the New Wolsey Theatre as part of Pulse 18 Festival. My name is Dave and I've been speaking to some of the acts who showcase their work here in Suffolk over the week. In this podcast, I speak with Alex Bulmer, whose show The Blind Traveller had just been performed as part of the Testing Ground Scratch Session in the New Wolsey Theatre. I found Alex to be a very interesting person to talk with. She's obviously very intelligent in possession of a sharp mind, and we talked about her motivations behind her show and some of her experiences that led to the development of the piece. Unfortunately, the sound quality isn't the best about this recording because it was a bakingly hot day, so we had the air conditioning on and all the skylights open, so I apologise for that, but I hope you find the conversation as interesting as I did anyway. Um, Enjoy. Um, so I am here with I'm here at the New Wolsey Theatre with Alex Bulmer um, from the Invisible Flash Theatre. Uh, you an Invisible Flash company or is it um, uh, you on on your own? Oh no, it's a company. Uh, um, okay. Myself and uh, Joe Rowlandson are the we're basically the Invisible Flash. Uh, the, the head flashers. Okay. <laughs> uh, I okay. am the artistic director. Joe Rollinson is uh, artistic producer. Okay. And we have just come out of the scratch session on Saturday, the, the 2nd of June 2018, and you have just performed your show, The Blind Traveller. Could you tell us a little bit about the show? Is, is it in early stages? Yeah, really. I mean, it's four days old. Oh, wow. That uh, early. This is like it's kind of, conception. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's conception. It's like it popped out of the womb. Um, it's four days old in its theatrical life, and I would say it's four days old in its future, in its, its beginning of its future. But it's not four days old in, in some of the ideas that led to this piece. In 1997, as I say in the piece, yeah. um, I traveled to Los Angeles by myself and I swam around a swimming pool for about half an hour and it took me that long to figure out the shape of the swimming pool. It was a really, it was a, a big moment in my evolution uh, into blindness. I was a sighted person who was slowly, gradually transitioning and I really hadn't, I really hadn't found my way outside of this notion of sight loss. And um, going to Los Angeles and being in the swimming pool gave me this first idea of, of not so much sight loss, but sort of blindness gain. And that's a strange way to think about blindness, but it really, really was a flip. Sort of entering a sensory world. Yeah, just entering a different sensory world. And that, that's, that experience, I bobbed up and down in the pool and thought, hey, I should write about this. Hey, what about a blind travel book? I wonder if anybody's ever written a blind travel book. And then the idea just sat on the shelf for years. Okay. And have you written, just to, I don't want to spoil it, but have you written a blind travel book? Well, I have written um, about my travels through Germany, uh, America, and Spain. And the idea was that that would become a travel book. So I have all the notes. So, yeah, so it's in formation still. It's in work. Yeah, the, the book is in formation, and I have no idea if I'm going to keep writing the book and work on the theater piece at the same time. I'll, I'll see. But I definitely 
I definitely think there is a, th a, a theater piece here, um, which I've discovered this last four days. And I also think there is a, a book, if not many books. Yeah, well, I really enjoyed the performance. I'm not going to go into any detail to spoil it. For, um, do you have any other performances of this lined up? No. Okay, can I go into the details about, uh, sure. about what yeah, happened? Yeah, because so it is just the beginning. Fantastic. I really enjoyed the method you employed to destroy the fourth wall. You set up a whole table full. I mean, so the email that I got from you last week was... Uh, well, the communication I got from Jamie was that it was going to be a dark piece and there wasn't going to be anything to film but then you'd mentioned at the start of this week that actually there was a whole there, there was something to look at yeah so when I entered the theatre uh, I was confronted with a table with 20 chairs around it and loads of familiar faces from the theatre and some other audience members I don't know how you recruited them but well done because you packed it out and so you were presented with a scene of a, a sort of dinner party type sort of togetherness uh, and everyone was chatting and then was it uh, James uh, was it the character James or was it yeah the performer I don't yeah. know what his name was uh, Robin Robin uh, so he got up and started giving this big speech and it was oh that, that, is, that's James. And, that is that's oh, James oh that is James okay. yeah that's James and then uh, and so this carried on about the uh, sort of the exploits of a, of a blind traveller going up the Mount Vesuvius mm -hmm. and I really like the addition of the heaters especially I mean that's a brave move in this heat because we're all sweating so, here yeah. in the theatre and then that all of a sudden idea, you destroyed it <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> you totally and utterly destroyed the whole thing yeah. and just started like not ranting but just yeah. being like really clear-cut that your story was nothing like this and I just it was just such a good moment I felt like it was really uh, I understood all of a sudden what was going on with the piece and then it was and you'd set your stall out immediately in that first speech and then it was really interesting to listen to how your story developed right um, right. And it were I wanted to hear more. A plus, A plus, A plus, A plus for theatrics. It was very good. I I, I like a fourth wall destruction. Okay. And uh, okay. especially when there's pomp and circumstance to yes. be knocked down in the process yes. as well. So how long have you been? So you say four days. Did you write the script in four days? Uh, parts of it were, were written in the last four days. They, there was a what I did was I handed over a considerable amount of writing. You know quite a bit to Louise Mari, who was the director. Yeah. And we read it on Tuesday. We read it all. It was, gosh, I don't know, 50, 40 some odd pages of my travel writing. Right. Mixed in with some of James Holman's travel writing. And I'd also had a conversation with Louise. And it's funny, sometimes, it, especially in early stages of a process, sometimes it's conversations that you really, want to, you really need to hang on to. I had a conversation with her over the phone explaining that, you know, the original intention from Invisible Flash was that we were going to try and write this sort of life and times of James Holman, and some of the language around it was it would, you know, maybe be inspirational for young people who were going from, you know, year six to year seven, and it, it sounded like a nice idea, and I, I have to say, I, I almost forced myself to embrace the idea because I thought I should. Right. And then I couldn't do it. <laughs> it just made me so angry, Charles. I was like, this is so not, it's not me. This is not my style. I do not live. Yeah. I don't live like a blind man. And it, it was such an aha moment that 
um, even more so than just like the fact that it's 200 years later. He was in the 1820s, and you know, I'm yeah. But it's more. It's really, I think, a, a lot to do with the difference of being a blind woman and being a blind man. Yeah. And it made me really angry that I found myself in this corner, and I was forced to write something about him. And then I just started to write. I just started to write my own story, and. Um, so when we were reading it on Tuesday, Louise said to me, you know, your anger when we talked on the phone was so strong. It made so much sense. And you've sort of, I think she used the word, diluted it. Yeah. You know, you're being too polite. And I'm like, yeah, I probably am. Because, you know, it's it's hard to trash a, a British icon, <laughs> you know, and a blind icon. And, but it, uh, and so, you know, she, she's, t she's totally... Uh, responsible for the dramaturgy you know it was her idea that that my anger would just smash his story about well, it's the great it's so i wrote that on, yeah. it's building it's sort of setting out a new direction yeah. for, for theater to go in uh, which i yeah it really does work i like the idea of like smash theater <laughs> <laughs> yes smash all the old smash theater it. stuff but yeah so i wrote that that piece about you know telling him to shut up i, I just wrote the other day it was very fun to right end to say. So you were saying you were wondering about how you could balance uh, the work process of doing theatre and writing the uh -huh. travel book. Yeah. Have you uh, much experience in writing before your loss of sight or um, is it something that you've developed oh. as part of part of that? It's an interesting question. Somebody else asked me that this week. Was, um, Nigel, who was part of our process. I was a writer. I was a journalistic writer. I, I was uh, I won a competition when I was a teenager so I wrote for my local newspaper about high school stuff and then I wrote for my university paper and I actually had contemplated going to journalism school and okay. becoming a journalist. So that was the kind of writing that I did. I was always kind of telling stories as a child, um, as a really small child actually at the age of four. I was performing plays for my family, and they were pretty hard-hitting. <laughs> but I actually thought I was going to be an actor, and my sight loss then kind of uh, directed me into voice studies and voice teaching for actors. Okay. And I actually think it was through that that I became so aware of the power of text. I think I really started to appreciate playwrights when I became a voice teacher, even more so than being an actor. Right. And I kind of thought, you know, that actually would be probably the biggest step I could make in terms of theatre profession, professional work. And it scared me too, like writing really scared me, way more than anything else. And I thought, well then I have to do it. Yeah. And it, my sight loss, in a sense, demanded a way through and the only way through that I knew was writing. Music a little bit and other people talk a lot about music as a way through but for yeah. me it was writing and so I don't think I would be writing today in the kind of creative way that I am if I hadn't lost my sight. Well I think from from your sort of monologue sort of rant that came out of the audience the sort of structure of the beats and the rhythm that you were performing it with yeah. was very developed. I thought I didn't, I wouldn't have expected that that was just a four-day-old piece. That was, uh, it was definitely concentration on the beat of the of uh, the rhythm and the pulse of the, of the words. Um, gotcha. You know, th oh, that's very. Um, thank you. That's nice to know. I I really do think that has a lot to do with the fact that I study voice. I yeah. think studying voice is an incredible 
way in for actors to really be able to like just make some. Even though I wrote it, like just because you write something doesn't mean you can perform it. Yeah. But yeah, and I have an amazing team this week. You know, my my fellow performers and and my and the director and you know when people are working that hard, you raise your bar, you raise yeah. your game. You you know, and and I I was floored at how much how much work and enthusiasm everybody put into that piece. Um, so, you know, I wasn't, I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> what, if any, technologies do you employ to assist the development of your work? I use a talking computer. Okay. That's about it. And that's about it, okay. Um, any specific programs? JAWS. JAWS, okay. Yeah, sponsorship, sponsorship. Yeah. Job action with speech from Freedom Scientific, Florida. This is what we want. I yeah. need to know these things. Actually. I know, I know. It's good. You know, they should. I'm telling you, they should be funding podcasts like this. Yeah, I use job action with speech. Um, I'm not a big. I, I, I think, I, yeah, I don't audio record lines. I, I think I tried that. And it just, just didn't, didn't do it for me. You know, and then you know, I have the blessing of uh, my brilliant support worker Michael, who I think might still be in the room. But um, it was amazing today. Michael joined me and. He was like speaking the lines to me, so then it, it, it just pushed it even further because when you use job access with speech to learn your lines, you are learning from you know, and it, it, it it's, it's not an easy way to learn lines, but I think also just, you know, getting to the just getting underneath getting underneath the lines which that is, also yeah. was quite powerful actually because I could see that Michael was leaning over to you and just oh that was Nigel oh, was that, was that, that was yes, Nigel that was yes I have okay, many men was... surrounding me yes <laughs> I'm like Oprah that was Nigel Nigel was performing as if he was line feeding me in actual fact I had memorized that piece but we loved the the visual and the kind of just it was great it had an urgency man about it kind of telling me what to say and then what I'm saying back so I would keep that even you know even though I know it did look I mean I, I I was sat at the back and um I I could see the urgency it was like a real interplay between the two of you you're just both like feeding feeding lines yeah you're just ranting it out ranting mm. it out and yeah I thought that worked well it was cool too because he actually grabs me a few times through it as well yeah he was and really he animated he's really animated yeah. and I, I can feel this this rather large body <laughs> It, it it really uh, yeah I, I mean again you know that was uh, I think Louise thought that that would be a great idea and I, and I really like it as an idea yeah it worked so no plans immediately for this theatre production um, have you got anything else that you're in development um, apart from the book yeah series um, of books loads of stuff back in Canada which is where I'm originally from I'm developing a sound installation which may also end up being a CBC podcast called May I Take Your Arm which is uh, I love it it's walking with people through the most diverse part of Toronto and talking about why the walk that they guide me through is of, of significance to them. So that okay. that's a really interesting piece. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, it, it it's been really actually quite moving. And then uh, I'm working on some uh, some circus productions in Toronto, and in this across the pond over here, um, there's there's been talk about a few projects. Nothing is absolutely set in stone yet, but. Hopefully I'll, I'll be working with Grey Eye again in the coming year and uh, with my favourite BBC radio producer, Polly Thomas. Oh great, have you done stuff for BBC before? Yes. Um, anything that we can find online? 
She says, sipping her wine. <laughs> yeah, maybe, actually. Yes, okay. I think you can hear our, I'm going to just plug it, ARIA yeah. nominated. We were the, we got down to the final three for the ARIA prize, which is Ooh. considered best radio in Britain, uh, called Sounds Like She. Um, that was BBC Three, I think. Um, Noise, which uh, is an original BBC afternoon drama, and The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which was oh. on many years ago, and I still think is available. Even you might even be able to YouTube it. Yeah, I'll try. I'll try and find these and put links to, mm. um, to okay. this podcast if I can. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. Well, fantastic. Lovely to speak to you. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I really wish you all the best with the, your future works. I don't know Thank what you. you're doing immediately after this. You're jetting off somewhere. Oh, well, I think training, but anyway, training. Training, 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 driving, jetting. Okay. Going back to Canada with my guide dog. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, well, lovely to speak to you. Thanks very much. All the best. Okay, thanks. Thank you.